The scripture lessons for this morning, as I told you before, all point to heaven and what God in heaven is waiting for us, or what he has waiting for us, I should say. Now, in our Old Testament lesson today, we hear of what Isaiah, who refers to the eternal life as a banquet that he has for us. And those banquets, or this banquet, of course, is the best food and the most expensive wines. And then, of course, in our epistle lesson for today, we hear St. Paul telling the Philippian congregation to rejoice in the Lord always. As we look forward to heaven, we cannot help but rejoice. And that, as you know, in any banquet, in most any banquets that I've attended, the uh, activity is upbeat and it's festive. And St. Paul reminds the congregation that the Lord is near. And we are closer to the time when Jesus will come than ever before. You remember now, he was saying this 2,000 years before. And now here, 2,000 years later, it's nearer and it's coming. And each and every day is one day nearer than the day before when that banquet is going to become a reality. You know, we like to go to festive banquets, especially when our friends and acquaintances are there. It, you know, and, and it doesn't have to really be a banquet either, because uh, as long as it's held around food. And I think in our church, uh, especially the Lutheran churches that I have uh, uh, been pastor of, and all of them really were German Lutherans, so you know that's food. You know, that's almost cinnamon for food. And... Uh, Again, so we have, have that, and so more and more things are, are being celebrated around food. And you know, sometimes when we have uh, uh, something to talk about uh, important with someone uh, in business, we perhaps decide to get away from the office and we meet for lunch. And then some people who we haven't seen for quite some time, we invite them to go out to dinner with us in the evening. And everyone, of course, likes, of course, uh, the forward to a nice home meal, a home-cooked meal. And one of the life's pleasures is I can uh, recall as a young boy was the announcement when my mother shouted, dinner's ready. For teenagers, you don't have to call twice, and they come running. You see, God has prepared a dinner for us, salvation for the forgiveness of sins and life eternal. And that's quite different. It's quite a dinner. And this dinner has been ready for a long time. In fact, this morning, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, it's kind of, I call that the hors d'oeuvres, because this is a little piece of what heaven is like. And first of all, everyone is invited to the dinner, and God is the one who's hosting that dinner. And he doesn't command those people to come. He doesn't drag them in by the collar or by the neck and force an individual to, to be in attendance. He doesn't even demand in the first place to make themselves worthy. He knows that in and of ourselves that we are all condemned and we know because, we, because of our sinfulness, we don't even deserve to be in in to have an invitation to such a banquet. But God doesn't force us to eat. 
He tenderly invites us to come to the banquet no matter who we are. Now, let's go back to the biblical times. A wedding banquet was much different than what you and I are used to. In those days, a wedding celebration, believe it or not, would last a whole week, especially if you had the money, if you were wealthy. Because, you know, they didn't have, they weren't on time clocks. They, weren't, they didn't have cars. They didn't have uh, a way to get from one place to another. It was slow. It was walking. Just, and so they wanted to just take advantage of the time that they spent together. So an invitation was sent out to a celebration was going to occur to remind them that those people that are invited to set aside a particular time to celebrate, much like the people that we see today. I get a lot of these uh, save-the-day cards for a wedding or a special event. And then another invitation was sent out telling them that now the banquet was ready. Now, this is a picture that Jesus is trying to paint in our parable for this morning. God invites everyone, but yet many refuse the invitation. These people felt that they had plenty of other better things to do on their schedule. Some, of course, went out and worked in the field. Some, of course, went and worked in the place of business. Others were so disgusted that they... That they uh, uh, treated their servants, the ones bearing the invitations, uh, harshly, and some, believe it or not, they even killed. And the same, I think, holds true today, maybe not to that degree. When Jesus or when God's invitation goes out, he doesn't force you and me to come to the banquet. He does not drag us by the ear or pull us into that banquet hall. And yet many today, when that invitation goes out, have other things that are more important uh, than what God has to offer. They have their fields of labor. They have their activities that take up their time. And so they put off or they refuse the invitation that God so lovingly gives to them. And they go about their business and they say, well, I, I need to make hay while the sun shines. The material things of their life are placed in higher priority than the eternal treasures that God wants to give to them. And you know, it's kind of easy to look at those people on the screen or as we hear, uh, and, and we need to really uh, look at ourselves. We need to look at our own life and asking ourselves as this invitation to us comes out or goes out, what are our priorities? Are our priorities in the right order? Are we seeking in our life the most important, the truly things that are important, or are we putting the things of this world more important than accepting the invitation that God has given to us? And too, too many people today are preferring to wait and not accept that invitation until a later date. And waiting and putting off God's invitation can be drastic. Many have, have decided to wait for tomorrow, and tomorrow in their life never came. So in this particular parable, God invites all. Just because they refuse the invitation 
did not stop the king for going out and finding other people, other messengers to, uh, to give that invitation. And the king had prepared that banquet and, and it was ready to go and he didn't want that food to go to waste. When I first became a, a pastor and I had a rural parish in Iowa, we uh, liked to get together with some fellow pastors. So Linda and I decided to invite, uh, I think it was three pastors' families over for uh, a Friday evening for, for uh, fun and fellowship. And we, we went to great lengths to get enough food and, and make it in a really a nice meal. And, but being up north, the weather didn't cooperate. And we had kind of a storm, and it was uh, below 32, and the, the roads were icy. And one by one, those three pastors' families, and they were about 30, 40 miles away, uh, said, I'm sorry, Paul, we can't make it. We were disappointed, to say the least, and uh, we could have set another date, but we had all this food. And instead of wasting those food, we decided to ask some of the members of the congregation that was nearby to come and eat with us. And they even came, even though they were the second choice. God shows no partiality or prejudice. You see, when the Jews, his chosen people, had refused that invitation, he invited the lowly, he invited the despised, he invited the Gentiles, he invited the tax collectors and the prostitutes, those who were hurting spiritually, to come to this banquet. And here God, in his love, had chosen the people of Israel to be his people. Was there anything good about them or special? No. It was his love that extended that he chose them. And when that time was right, God sent his own son to be one of them, to make good on this promise. And Jesus, their Messiah, would rescue them from the eternal damnation, but they rejected their Messiah, and, and there they put him on a cross. And then God sent the apostles to the Gentiles, the harlots, the tax collectors, the social uh, misfits, and, God, and, and they were given God's invitation. You see, he wants all to come and to enjoy a banquet, a banquet of eternal life with him. And so today, he invites you. He invites me. And if we don't accept his invitation, God will continue to invite other people. It is God who invites, but God invites on his terms. He provides for each guest a wedding garment. Now, even in biblical times when the king would invite the guests to come, he provided each guest with a wedding clothes to wear. You see, his subjects were not very rich. In fact, they were very poor. And so they couldn't afford those, and so he, uh, to go out and buy an expensive wardrobe, like sometimes when you and I have to go somewhere, we first thing to do, we make a trip to the, the clothing store to buy some new clothes. But when they came to the celebration, they would then change into that festive wedding garment that the king had given them. And that wedding garment that God gives to us is his righteousness. Not only has God prepared 
for salvation for us, but God makes it possible for all to partake in of salvation. We can't get to heaven by what we do. We can't get to heaven through our own merits or our own works, but we receive eternal life through the grace and the mercy of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That wedding garment is the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which he earned for us alone and makes us acceptable to, to God and qualifies us to be his guests at the wedding feast. And we receive that wedding garment by faith. It's through faith in Jesus that our sins are forgiven. It's faith in, in Jesus that our sins have been totally washed away and we are holy in God's sight. And without God's righteousness or Christ's righteousness, we are doomed for our righteousness condemns us. Our good things that we do, as Isaiah says, are as filthy rags. And the king in our parable for today noticed that as they were sitting around that there was one person without a wedding garment. And this person thought that he didn't have to and his, his, of course, life was good enough or, or what he had on was good enough to enjoy the feast that the king had planned. But we see what happened in that parable. That individual did not get to enjoy that feast that had been prepared. And there, of course, too, this man was asked politely. He said, friend, where's your wedding garment? And uh, he, he was speechless. And so he was taken out of that, wedding, uh, that banquet hall. And there, and there are those who think that they can make to heaven on their own. They feel no need to clothe themselves in the righteousness of Jesus. They feel that their own good deeds that they have done make it all the possible for them to do it. But much to their surprise, they will miss that banquet that God has prepared. Instead of experiencing the joys, they are going to experience the terrors and the torment of hell. And while letting God's righteousness cover our sins, we must be on our guard, lest we continue to love the practice of sin. You see, putting on God's righteousness means that we're not going to let sin rule over us. Instead, we're going to put on his righteousness through our baptism. Now, many times when we have a baptism, and I, and I can't remember in your church here, uh, we've only had one, but we give them kind of a, uh, the baby, a kind of a, uh, a garment, and it's a symbol of God's righteousness. And so what the, uh, so in baptism, we put on the qualities of Jesus. St. Paul tells us, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And St. Paul also tells us, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That's what baptism does. And therefore, no longer will sin and the devil rule in our hearts and in our lives. If we revert back to that natural self, it's playing games with God's love and grace. And that would be, we would be no better off than a blatant unbeliever. But putting on Jesus' righteousness is that we will live the life of a Christian. 
We will live a life out of gratitude for what our Lord has done for us. It means that we're going to seek his will in our lives. And the last thing that you and I would want to do is go back to our former way of life. We will also look forward to that time when our Lord will call us from this veil of tears to himself in heaven. We had this in two of our in our services on Friday and Saturday as we as we uh, celebrated with those of their loved one going to heaven. God himself has prepared a banquet for us. Let's remember that today. And what a joy it is to hear from, from Jesus himself saying to you and me, dinner's ready, to hear him invite us and to receive him and from him that beautiful garment of righteousness that was earned by Christ, and enjoy the blessings that that wonderful dinner with God has to offer us. Amen.